was baseball mad, had the fever and had it bad. Just to root for the hometown through every zoo, Katie Blue, on the Saturday, her young bull. Well, hi there once again. Friends in Town Baseball, this is the Small Town Baseball Commute, and as always, I'm your host, Josh Item, coming to you from River Falls. For this episode, I had a fun talk on uh, Thursday evening with some guys from Hortonville, uh, a couple of our Hortonville stars out there. Um, you know, I think the most interesting thing about that team is that they went through a whole season without anybody with kids. It's a fun conversation with these guys, so let's get to it. Hortonville stars here on the Small Town Baseball Commute. All right, well, here we are again on the Small Town Baseball Commute. Uh, we're just going to go ahead and reveal this is the, the second false start of this episode, but we're going to power <laughs> this one through. On on the line, I've got uh, Mike Bunkelman and Luke Bayman from the Hortonville Stars. Fellas, how you doing? Doing good, my friend. How are you doing today? Good, good. Hey, we're uh, get into it in a minute, so I should explain that false start call. So first, we were scheduled for four. We're in a huge snowstorm out in Hortonville, right, fellas? So we yes, pushed sir. that back so we get everybody on the line. I'm gonna. It stopped snowing here. We got the storm first over here in in River Falls, so I'll be doing some removal when we're done. But um, then we finally got going at 4:30, and it's uh, we were 15 minutes in, and I realized I did not hit the record <laughs> button. So there's also, I should tell you, speaking of Dairyland Leagues, there's uh, another Dairyland League in the WBA like Hortonville is in. So we have two Dairyland Leagues in the state of Wisconsin. Um, I've got a buddy out there, uh, Judd Harabi, and Judd and I did, uh, Judd's from Medford, we did a whole one of these fellas where I never realized that I didn't hit the record button. So two hours after we were done, I had to call him that night and be like, hey, Judd, remember that hour that we taped today? <laughs> so we still have not uh that's a, a lost episode of the small town baseball commute that will probably never get done <laughs> so <laughs> fellas i'm glad you're willing to restart with me let's get going so uh right. mike or luke go ahead and um kind of introduce yourself so we get to know your voice and just tell us how you got into amateur ball in hortonville all right well this is mike bunkelman uh current manager for the stars um, for the most part, I kind of got into it with a family deal. So my my old man played after he got done with high school. He was playing softball, baseball, and guy just a competitor. So he kept going after kind of got an introduction, foot in the door. My brother also played after he got done with high school in the early 2000s. Um, that's kind of where I got introduced to Jeff, who recruited me to play. It was my sophomore, junior year in high school. So I was playing high school legion ball as well as playing a little Dairyland baseball um from there played about five six years before taking over the program um and yeah from there it's been great but looking forward to stars ball yeah luke Bayman here um so after high school i wanted to keep playing baseball it's the you know the first love of mine and probably the the longest love of mine. Um, I actually first started playing with the New London Merchants of the BABA, just to the west of here. Uh, spent about two or three years playing over there, um, and then uh, was blessed enough to get a spot with the Hornbill Stars, and I've been there for probably seven or eight years now. Um, got the love of baseball for my old man. Uh, he didn't play hardball after high school, but he played a lot of fast pitch, so 
a lot of time spent at the ballpark as a kid, kind of, you know, fashioned my love for baseball here. So I had uh, mentioned before we were, you know, just we've we've talked a little bit on this podcast to, to some guys who got into the game because their dad was the manager or whatever. But one of the things that we haven't talked about is, I think it's one of the fears of town ball guys once you have kids. One of the one of the fears is that is the whole idea of I maybe I shouldn't be doing this, right? Because you're taking time away from your family to go to kind of your stuff. So I think you see a lot of guys stop stop playing and they'll say, Well, I quit playing because I had kids. Um and then those of us who have kids like I do and keep playing, um, it's hard not to have some guilty feelings. But so I've never asked anybody until until today, guys. I'm gonna ask you this: like, what was it? Because we're all afraid of affecting our kids negatively by being out at the park too much and not, I don't know, like going to the zoo. You know what? What? Uh, you know what was your experience as as kids of ball players? Do you remember having? You know, looking back, were there some negative effects or is it all positive? What are your thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I mean, my dad. I believe it was shortly after my sister was born, he kind of stopped playing ball, um, probably with a lot of that in mind. But as a kid, um, a little bit I do remember, I was pretty young at the time, but what I do remember is just being at the ballpark, watching my old man play ball, was like the excitement of the weekend. Like, we get to go watch Dad play ball this weekend. Um, and, I, I mean, that's kind of the roots of where my love for the game comes, I believe. Um, it's just – you know, it, it was something that I loved doing and still love doing to this day. Um, so I, di- I didn't have any negative thoughts or negative uh, um, memories of that at all. And I think on that, with I mean, you're getting out, you're doing stuff. The old man was – my old man played softball and baseball for years after – after everything was said and done, he played for a few years, and we pretty much lived at the ballpark for his first, my first six, seven years of life. And after that, well, by then we were in little league and going through, and he was bringing us to everything. So I think it kind of sparked a little community-driven competitive edge, and it really got kind of got us out of the house and doing stuff, and it really sparked that activity. And I mean, right now with stuff going on. Obviously, you want to get out of the house and do whatever you can. We didn't have that back then, but shoot, you'd never freaking find you'd never find any of us in the house yeah. until it got dark and that curfew hit. Right. Well, and I think they say some. You say sometimes like any family time is good time. So this is obviously our self-help portion of this podcast, you know. But um, you know what? One of the things that you guys both said is is being at the ballpark. So the only things I I guess I've seen that I would be like, hey man, if you're if you're doing this, like, think about that is is maybe guys who are just never like they're they're never bringing their kids with them, so they're never they're never bringing their kids to the park, never bringing their family to the park, and you never you know this guy's got family in the background, you never see them, and I can't I can only think of one or two people over time that I've known like that, but I know we went through. Um, and you guys mentioned, I thought this was funny. You said you had, you have no guys on your team that don't have kids, right? Right. Yeah. So last year, did I say that backwards? I, I said that backwards, backwards, right? backwards, but 
Yeah, yeah. last year on our roster of 25 guys, we did not have a single single player on our team with a kid. And I think there are a lot of stories that can probably come from that that are not appropriate for this podcast, but call these guys <laughs> up. And they will probably on that one. Yeah, tell you all about it. Um, I, you know, I asked that because one of the things that's, that was interesting for us is that we we have for a long time um, encouraged the older guys who have kids to bring their kids down and and bring them around or whatever. And we had a little, but we had a little section there a few years ago where we had some turnover where it was only a couple of us who had kids, and they were at the age where they were inherently pretty annoying, right? Like they like they were just that. <laughs> Every age has its annoyances, right? But there's a particular age where they're from like four to six or so, where if they're in the dugout, they're asking too many questions and you have to watch them the whole time so they don't run out on the field and run into the game, right? <laughs> so yeah. so it was – but it became a thing on our team um, because the, the really young guys who hadn't spent a lot of time around anybody with kids, right, if they didn't have – if their families weren't like that, if that makes sense to you, right? Like, I guess I grew up, I didn't have a ton of um, family members with little kids, right? Everybody was about the same age. So if you don't have a lot of experience being around that, it's even more annoying, I think. So that became like a team meeting issue of what are going to be our, our rules around kids in the dugout. And I remember a couple of us were like, our initial reaction was just first, you know, like, oh, why don't they love my beautiful kids? And then you spend five five minutes later, you step back and you go, well, yeah, because my beautiful kids are super annoying. Like I can't even see exactly. So, so I'm saying, bring your kids to the park, but don't forget, not everybody has kids, so they're not all gonna love your beautiful, special little children the same way that you do as a parent, right? So, anyways, let's get into let's get into you called it stars ball, right? Or star ball? Is that what they call it in town in Hortonville? Stars ball. Stars ball, yeah. And we, we have that in River Falls, too. They call it fish ball, and I don't always know what they're talking about until I think about it because we don't call it that, but I should just start calling it that, fish ball. That would help me. <laughs> so, the yeah, the, the Hortonville team has been around for a long time, you guys, you guys said, right, since, I don't know, forever. They've been forever. Yeah, pretty much forever. I mean, as far as our program itself, we, yeah, we bounced back between Greenville and Hortonville as our home location. We've always been the stars. We had believed we'd been around for somewhere around that 70-year range. We had some pictures pop up a couple of years back on our Facebook page that proved that there had been a program around well before that. So I, we honestly thought we were in the 70s years old, but it's starting to look like we we're older than that yet. So it was yeah. kind of a cool surprise to come up. And that was a that was a Facebook post. How did that how did that come around? Like, are you guys pretty well known in the community? Um, you know, I know I know some places where you, you you as soon as you put your team gear on, everybody stops and says something to you. Do you guys have that happen to you in in Hortonville and Greenville? Yeah, it 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 does happen. Um, I think more so the last few years here, we've gained some more popularity back. It kind of goes and it feels like it's gone in waves since I started. And, you know, I've, it's been eight years or whatever it's been for me. And it feels like it's kind of been a, it was up at first down and then we're coming back around. Um, 
but yeah, that Facebook post, I believe it was just someone in town um, that knew our team posted, and it was actually an old black and white picture of these guys with jerseys on, old pinstripe jerseys with the uh, the Hortonville Brewers on it. Um, really, really mm-hmm. awesome picture, but yeah, a community thing. Um, I think we're, we're we're heading in the right direction right now with popularity and um, you know community involvement, which is really, really awesome for us. So are there, and and you mentioned it's been uh, the last few years especially have been good. There's There's been some things that you guys have done to to encourage that and to make it more of a hometown team. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, we, uh, a few years back, kind of when I took over, we had a little bit of a struggle. We had a, a lot of guys, like we said earlier, that had their families. They wanted to spend a little more time with their families. They're all guys that kind of grew up together, played together, and, they kind of, in, in a two-year span, all gave it up at the same time. So we struggled for a couple of years to make sure we had the, had a team even to fill. But uh, we really kind of sat down, took a step back, and said, who are we? What do we want to be? How can we build a core? And it really came down to, hey, we got, we got to get back to the community-driven mentality. And that's kind of what we set our focus on and push for local guys as uh, Luke's holding up our softball tournament trophy. But, um, (laughs) yeah, we went back to a community-driven mindset, and we really attacked that. And I think it's really been beneficial as far as getting people out, getting recognition, and having having a good group of guys that you want to be around. And it's really been a core for us. Mm -hmm. Well, and I I think you guys, um, you know, said something earlier today about – that the the local fans want to want to see those guys continue playing in town, you know, when they're 19, 20, 21. Um, and without without belaboring the point, I think you know, as a as a, I'm watching with my daughter's nine and ten year old hockey team. So this is the first time as a family we've been had our kids involved in like. Now it's remember it's nine and ten year olds, so I don't want to make it sound like it's crazy competitive, but it is hockey, so people are out of their minds. Like I grew up a basketball player, I'm learning hockey culture, and I am afraid most of the time when I'm there. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but they so so I'm watching these parents bond with each other. So I'm thinking now about it. Got me thinking about amateur ball, and part of why that hometown talent is so important is not only do people maybe want to see that the kids are from their hometown but you have whole networks of parents that spent a lot of time going to games together that all of a sudden the kids graduate and there goes a lot of their social time with other adults so as i'm watching us bond with these other little hockey parents right um you know, now I know we might spend the next 10 years with those people and then my daughter will get done playing hockey as a best case scenario high school senior, right? And then that's it. I will have to call those people to be like, hey, do you want to come over and um, play cards? I don't know. I mean, I don't play cards, <laughs> right? So, so as an adult, it's, it's harder to maintain relationships, I think, unless you've got something common. So you get all these networks of people that show up. So you might pull one kid in and think, well, his, yeah, his parents will come to the game. That'll add to our fans, but so might these other 10 parents of his old teammates who those kids might have long gone off to college, but now um, they're there in town. They got a reason to come to the game because they know Johnny from growing up, you know? 
Hey, baseball fans, we're about halfway through the conversation here, so it's time to take a quick break and thank our podcast sponsors. That includes my friends at Aspen Creek Publishing, who helped me publish my own book about town baseball, Beyond the Fence, a fun novel about town ball life based on lies and half-truths from my time around the game. You'll find it on Amazon.com or our website at BaseballCommute.com. You won't find it on Audible, though, because, frankly, I just don't have the patience to read a whole book out loud. The last half of this episode is brought to you by Losing Fly Balls in the Sun. As my college coach once said, guys have been catching balls in the sun for a million years. And as one player replied, but coach, the game hasn't been around for a million years. And hey, speaking of making a million years worth of impact, if you're interested in advertising here on the pod, just hit us up at baseballcommute.com. All right, let's get back to the show. Yeah, uh, actually this last year with, um, obviously with the COVID-19, the pandemic going on, um, high school baseball in Wisconsin got basically nicked. Um, I actually, I do coach at Hortonville High School here as well. And it, it was a bummer. We had, uh, we had 11, I think there, we, had, we were supposed to have 11 seniors playing. Um, so it was sad to see, but we actually, we, we lucked out and we had, I believe, four, four guys that ended up playing with us with the Stars um for our season and they were huge contributors and like you were talking about the parent thing um you know their parents came and then you know all their all their friends and stuff that would normally go to the high school game they were coming to our games and um mm-hmm. you know, it grew our fan base a lot last year i think having those young guys come and they were huge huge for us in the game too um mm-hmm. as well as you know adding to our fan base so it was it was really cool to see and they we struggled right away i think we started the year one and two and we were kind of looking at each other like what the heck's going on here why we got a good group of guys um and then those young guys started to fit in and everything started to roll from there so um but i think to your point about you know being adult and making friends isn't always easy especially when you have kids um i think those guys are like the prime example of what you're saying where this amateur baseball thing can really, you know, bring, bring everyone together for something. So you don't have to call up and say, Hey, you want to play cards? You can call up and say, Hey, let's go down to the stars game. Um, mm-hmm. and watch her, you know, watch the kids play ball. So. Yeah. Yeah. It just gives you, gives you something to do. And especially this summer, you know, we're watching, watching kind of that vaccine news and things kind of slowly roll out. Um, and hopefully even if we hopefully we can have a summer like we did at the end of last year, where even if we haven't had that vaccine roll out, at least you got a place you can go outside and socially distance. And still hopefully we can get that season started on time. I know that's my big hope. I had, um, um, that was not what I meant to say. What I meant to say was ask you this question related to your point. Um, do you guys deal with the, what I thought was the worst rule change in the, in baseball, um, the the legion kids being eligible to play when they're 19 i think that's still a rule i haven't paid that close of attention because we've got a great high school coach down here that does not do that like he doesn't bring the kids back from college to play legion is that happening is that happening up there it does not happen in ordenville um the seniors play but after that they basically so i believe Technically, they could if they wanted to, um, but our legion 
our Legion program is basically always run as, you know, the seniors play, and then you're you're kind of preparing that next round of guys for the high school season. Um, so that that doesn't happen here. It does happen at other towns around here, um, and it is what it is. I mean, they can play that way. I think it's mm-hmm. and it, it may be biased because you know, born and raised Hornville baseball, but um, I think it's the right way to do it. Where you know, once you're done being in high school, I think Legion ball should be meant for high school kids. So, yeah. Um, but each their own. I mean, it's fun either way. Ball's ball. So, yeah. Well, we're always very diplomatic on this podcast, so that was well played. To each their own. <laughs> <laughs> I tried my best over here. I'm trying. Yeah, that was good. That was very Joe Maurer of you to do that. Um, <laughs> I like Joe Maurer. So, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I, so I just want to get into tell us a little bit before we um, get too long here. Tell us. Tell us a little more about the Dairyland League. Who are some of the teams up there? Um, I know we've talked with Hoffa Parks up there, right? We talked with those guys one time. Um, but tell us a little bit about the Dairyland League. Yeah, the Dairyland League, well, as we were talking, as you mentioned earlier, there's two Dairyland Leagues in the state, but we're the Northern Dairyland League. Uh, it's been around for uh, all of 60 years or so. It's one of the oldest leagues in the state here. But, uh, I guess if you're not familiar with Hortonville in itself, we're about five minutes west of Greenville, which is about five minutes west of Appleton, so um, half hour south of Green Bay and a half hour north of Oshkosh. But everything kind of nestles in Dairyland. If you think our town's small, we still we got towns that are smaller yet. You spoke with Hoffa Park a few weeks back. They're in our league. That's the town that we always say. Or the team we always say, turn turn right on Hoppa Park Road, drive till you get lost, drive another five minutes and you're there. But <laughs> we got we got towns like Hoppa Park, Navarino, Nichols, Bondwell, a lot of community driven teams that really I mean, you'll have recognizable names that flood the rosters and the lineups, but it's extremely competitive baseball and it's actually I mean, enjoyable because you get to know a couple players, you get to see their kids grow up, and then you get to know their kids as they start playing or they're mm-hmm. out there after a ball game playing on the field. And you get to kind of – it's a real nice community-driven league, so. Mm-hmm. That, you know, one of the one of the, one of of the the joys of, of playing as long as I have um, that, that you guys are getting close, right, is that I can remember – First getting started and a kid named Caleb Watkins running around in a little brewer's uniform at, you know, four years old. And this is when I was probably my second, first, second years in, in the St. Croix Valley League. And um, he was a Plum City kid of one of the Plum City Blues. And now Caleb is the shortstop and has been for two, three years now with the Plum City Blues. So it's like that Ken Griffey Jr., Ken Griffey Sr. type of thing where, where you see a family – you get to watch a family bookend um, is really cool. Those, those, those. You're right. Those, those are things that I'll always look back on my time in amateur baseball as kind of the 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 drivers of some of that magic of what we do. You know that that family feel, that community feel. Yeah, absolutely. It's. I look around and like you talked about earlier. You know, I think our our first player is going to have this kid here in uh, uh coming up in a, a week or two here 
um, Chase Mendel and his wife Aubrey. But we have we don't have any kids around, but we go to we go to these other teams and you know especially like it sticks out in my mind. We go to Bonduelle up there and you know there's rinkies running over all over the place up there and their kids are out on the field playing ball after the game and um, you know it's to me that family like Bonduelle is that family driven team in our league. The other ones are too, but they they keep it going like that. And it's really cool to see that. Um, and you know, hopefully we can we can do that too um, at some point here. We all got to kind of get on the get on the horse here pretty quick if we're going to bookend this team with our, uh, <laughs> our teams, But um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, it goes in cycles. Well, so here I am. I found I found the one team, maybe the one team in the in the state of Wisconsin that doesn't have any players with kids yet. And I'm sitting here talking to you about kids and families this entire time. So let's just completely change gears. Tell me, tell me what, what are you guys excited about for next summer? Well, I'll start and then I'll let the manager here go. I'm excited. We're pretty much bringing back our entire team that we played with last year. Um, that hasn't always been the case with us. We've, there's been a few years where we struggled on even a Sunday, one o'clock or one thirty league game. And we'd have, you know, 10 guys show up and, you know, you got one guy on the bench, and you hope no one gets hurt or anything like that happens. Um, the last couple of years and last year especially, I think we showed up to probably a good eight to ten games with, like, 18 to 20 guys and, like, full bullpen, full roster, and everyone did their part. When guys weren't playing, they weren't, you know, you, you get a lot of that in amateur baseball where guys get really upset when, you know, they're not getting their innings in league games. And we just yep. did not have that last year. Um, and it made everything just so much fun and the camaraderie was great. And everyone just got along really well. So myself, um, I'm looking forward just to get back with everyone. You know, everyone kind of does their own thing in the off season. Just getting back around all those guys that, you know, we had so much fun with last summer and throwing that into some special and, and hopefully taking it all the way this year. And I guess I just I just start out with a quote. I don't remember exactly who it was, but I think it was a a reporter asked someone, "What do you do when it's not baseball season?" He said, "I stare out the window until it's baseball season." So <laughs> I'm getting sick of looking at this white stuff out the window. I'm just excited to get out on the field and be back playing ball. But we have a, like Luke said, we have a great group of guys that really bonds well. We have. I mean, we have group Snapchat, group chats that are blowing up all the time with guys that just like being around each other. Yeah. And it's one of those where, I mean, you don't find a group like that. And we struggled for a long time to get guys that we, I mean, obviously we enjoy being around the team, but we struggled to have that many guys that we have. So it's uh, it's going to be a whole different challenge. Obviously last year was a letdown as we lost our first playoff game going in as a one seed, but I think it's, it's exciting bringing back that a core of 20 guys that really have a chip on their shoulder going into this year and really want to be together and have that same mentality and same drive. And yeah, everybody wants to do their part to make us successful. Yeah. I know in my experience, something like, you know, we've had that happen over the years and, and usually your team comes back pretty motivated, you know, and, and really grows from experiences like that. And not in the same way, always say not in the same way, like, I don't know, a football mentality where it's like, when we face these guys again, we are going to, 
ram our helmets into their helmets and crush them. You know, yeah. it's it's just different in baseball. But you you uh, from adversity t- tend to kind of learn learn how to handle it, right? So that the next time when something goes wrong, um, you don't you know not everything goes wrong, right? So those are some of those pieces that are growing. It's interesting what you guys said about. Um, having 18 to 20 guys that really get along and like hanging out with each other. Cause it's not, that's not easy to cultivate and it's not easy to hang on to either. Um, so I like what you said about, you know, you haven't always had it and it's not, it's not to speak. I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I'm, when I've said that or thought that it's, I, I never mean it negatively towards earlier year teams that I've played on. Right. Those were still fun. And there's just something different when you have that many guys who are getting along that well. And I don't know what it is. Like, how does that happen, guys? Yeah, I I don't know. I think, to me, looking at our roster that we have right now, um, especially going into this year, it's really exciting. So you're looking at a – we can carry a roster of, you know, 25 guys, and there's not a single guy that's going to be on our roster that doesn't want to just win a baseball game. And I think – We've had guys in the past that have, you know, they've been good ball players on the team. And, you know, you can look at any age group. You can look like, like I said earlier, I coach high school ball, and you see it all the time where the kid's only worried about himself. Um, and you get that in amateur ball, too, where a guy comes in and he's just worried about his, you know, his own doings. And I think the reason why it clicked for us last year is from our youngest guy who was 17 years old to our oldest guy who was however old Mike is here. From the top to the bottom, you know, it's just guys that wanted to compete. They wanted to win. They did anything and everything they could, whether it was in the game, you know, doing a scorebook, raking a field, you know, getting someone to help with concessions. From top to bottom as as an amateur baseball program, we just had, you know, 20, 25 guys that just got it. They just get it. Mm -hmm. And I really think that that's why – um, it was such a fun year, even with the pandemic, you know, going on and everything. And it was just an, it was a nice outlet as well. Um, but it, that's what makes me really excited to get into this next year because I think that to go back to the original question, it happens because it's just a bunch of guys that just, for more or less, black words, they just get it. Yeah, right. Well, what what are um, you know to get to get a little bit technical, guys? So. You, so I always we've we've always had a big roster like you're talking about, you know, twenty five guys or so. And and as much as even even in the years where they get along and the years where they don't get along, um, you know, it's your job to try to manage the playing time and everybody's got some, some different strategies. What are some of your strategies to make sure everybody gets a, gets enough time? It won't be equal time, right? So we just use that phrase enough time. What are some of your strategies? I'm gonna to defer to Mike on this one. <laughs> it's not yeah. an easy question because it's no, it's complicated. Yeah, no, it's hard, hard hitting journalism, guys. It's just a yeah. <laughs> Big and deep on this one. I don't know, but no, it's it's one of our one of our biggest challenges is just getting the guys in the right position to be successful and help the team as much as possible at that moment. So, I mean, we have. We try to take into account, yeah, lefty, righty, who plays where, who needs time to stick around, items of that sort. But when it comes down to it, um, 
day one, we bring new guys onto the roster and we tell them, hey, you might not have playing time because these guys that have proven to be dedicated to the squad over the years are guys that have earned their spot. So he might he might be better. He might beat them out, but they got to prove that they're guys that really want to be there and are going to show up day in and day out because that dedication is what passes along to the next generation. So um, some of the guys that didn't start for the first five weeks, first five, six games this year, ended up being starters and huge contributors for a sound of stretch <laughs> and were some of our best bets. But, yeah, at the end of the day, for us, a lot of it's that dedication, mentality, kind of proving yourself. Obviously, now that we're a community, it's mostly the same mentality coming out of Hortonville. So it's it's been a lot easier, and people have been more understanding to the, hey, I might not get to play for the first year. I might not get to play for the first three weeks. But Mm -hmm. they've made it a lot easier than we thought it was going to be. Yeah. Well, and that's, yeah, and that's it. And that's a good point. You really you're trying to manage the culture as much as the talent, right? So by that guy, how do you how do you prove yourself early on a town ball team? Well, you show up to and you know to go warm up the left fielder. Like you understand the baseball parts of it, right? And you're willing to pick up a rake after it's over and do all those other little things alongside the game. For us, it's empty the garbage cans. Garbage cans all over our park, and we have to empty every night. It's just the bane of our existence. These garbage cans. <laughs> Go home, have this great game. You're excited. You won. You get in your car, and you smell like garbage. <laughs> really, we need we need to do something about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly um, it. I mean, yeah. You're, Go you're ahead. Helping out. Every facet makes a difference whether it be helping with the, helping run the scoreboard if we're short a person, helping with the concession stand if we got swamped or... Yeah, and to go back, I think I made a point on that. It's a point like that earlier about just, you know, kind of getting it like... It, people need to understand, like, you know, we take into effect if we got one roster spot left and there's a guy that might be a better ball player, but he... You know, he shows up just for BP in the game and then leaves right after and doesn't help with any of this stuff. You know, that that's, that rock spot's likely going to go to the guy that, you know, he might not be as good of a ball player, talent-wise, but, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he fits in better. He helps out. You know, he takes care of what he needs to take care of. And, um, you know, that kind of builds that culture, too. So, small market. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and those are the things that separate us from, um, I don't know, ninth grade baseball. And uh, 14, double A, triple A, and single A, you know, all those all those places where you go to a tryout, right, and then you get placed on a team. Um, or, for that matter, sometimes even high school or varsity baseball, on, on an amateur team, you're really trying to kind of in many ways, I mean, operate a business, operate a nonprofit organization where – uh, you know what you guys one of you guys said something about putting the right people in the right spots for success on the field, but that's also just putting people in the right spots for success of the whole operation. Yeah, absolutely. That it really is. Um, you know, the first few years I was with the Stars, I didn't have as big of a hand in things, um, and recently I have 
Um, but in those days, it was Mike and then uh, the co-manager, Brett Kramer. He, uh, he's not here, but hey, Brett. Um, <laughs> but those guys took care of everything, and now it's, it's become more of a, a team effort where there's, you know, everyone's helping, and then we have like five, six, seven guys that are, you know, carrying the heavy weight, and it makes everything easier for everyone. So Yeah. Makes your, makes your team more sustainable, too. Um, oh, yeah. you can as, as much ownership as you can give different people. Um, are there, so are there other, I just think about like the other events that you during, do during the year. You guys got me thinking about, um, a couple guys who would, who I, I don't, I won't name them, but neither of them would, would, um, mind me saying this, that they could not hit a lick and they were the first ones to say so, you know, like they could do one thing, like, I could, they could, they could run and and serve the team that way and play a little defense. Um, sure. But I can remember when our roster got tight, and especially we moved into this new ballpark in town, and suddenly more people want to play on the team. Well, what's that about? That's not about winning games. That's I want to be on this in this new park in front of my friends, kind of thing. And we, right. I can remember a couple of us really having to fight for, fight for a couple guys, and saying like, yeah this kid might be a better outfielder than him, but that kid is not going to show up to every meet raffle all winter. That's the time we were doing them once a month all winter. Like this guy has for the last like four years. So yeah, we can, we can take that kid, but now we're just going to have to have 30 guys on our team, which is what we did for a couple of years. We had 30 guys, five over the actual roster limit. So we had five guys who just did not play in any league games, right? They just played, non-league unaffiliated stuff where sure. you know you didn't have to have an official roster but it was whole, that whole mentality of there is no way that we're going to cut a guy so like we don't i don't know if you guys have ever what your philosophy is on that, on that but we've never other than one guy we've never cut a guy from the fighting fish because i've never wanted to make that call and because right. i think about all the work that guy's done so that guy can keep he'll know when it's time to go right they they can figure that out, but um, that guy's keeping his jersey as long as he wants it. Have you ever cut anybody from the Hortonville Stars? Put you guys on the spot. This is more hard hitting journalism, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so like we were kind of alluding to earlier, we have a you know we try to keep it like an in town thing, you know, a community thing where it's we we try to take our Hortonville High School guys as much as we can, um, and the other guys that come in. Um, from out of town, they they got to be a good fit to mesh with all of us around here. Um, there was one instance where we had a a guy, a pitcher that we had. Um, guy threw hard, was wild, but you know, a decent pitcher. But he was just kind of a head case and didn't understand what we were trying to do. Um, and I don't want to say he was necessarily cut, but he wasn't really ever invited back. So mm-hmm. have we cut anyone? Not technically, but yeah, <laughs> we have. But it, it was to kind of it was to preserve that culture and that you know that um, the space of the being the like what Hortonville Stars baseball is. Um, mm-hmm. And it's really only been one one very extreme situation. Otherwise, you know, um, if someone wants to play and they have been playing, we don't show them the door. Right. But we do, like you said, you don't, 
you don't really shut the door on anybody and you don't want to throw anybody out. So if someone wants to come out and they truly want to play, we'll give them the opportunity. But with us now being in a good situation roster-wise, we'll do the non-league deal and say, hey, we're not going to be able to get you on a regular roster, but you're invited to every single non-league game. Prove yourself mm-hmm. in the following year based off how it goes is we'll make our decision on that. So I guess we'll call them trios because they're not real trios, but. Yeah, right. What did you call that? Trios? Trios. <laughs> yeah, it's good. No, that, and, and, and we've certainly done some of the same stuff too. And, you know, you talk about like that situation with a pitcher. We had the same situation, pretty much just a really similar situation where I would, um, I would have called that, well, it's not a cut, so we'll call it a, uh, a cute, I don't know, right? Where, <laughs> have, where I had to have a, you know, you have a difficult conversation with a guy and like, listen, you're, here's what your role is going to be. And I've heard you're really upset about it because you're talking to the other guys about it. I wish you'd talk to us about it. Um, and if you don't like yeah. it, then here's the door, you know, but this is, this is not just one guy making this decision, you know, but. Or even if it was, it's the right decision. So I'm not cutting right. you. You can still stay, but this is what your role is going to be. So, yeah. yeah, I'm with that. You know, the out-of-town guy thing is a, is a good point, too, because that becomes tricky when you're trying. We're You know, we try to do the same thing, too, make sure we have enough room for the kids from River Falls and especially the kids who can really play, you know. Um, and And you have to know that every time you take a guy from out of town, that's potentially a spot. So, and when you're in a situation where you d- you don't show guys the door, you also know that that spot that you get that shirt you're giving that guy could be for two years, it could be for ten years. You have no idea. So, right. yeah, that becomes really tricky trying to take those guys from around town. Yeah, we've uh, we've gotten lucky here the last couple of years. So, um, the guys that we brought in from out of town have kind of been they've been known to at least one player on our team that's been established. Um, mm-hmm. And everyone's been really good about not, they, they bring guys that are good fits and that they know that are going to fit into our, you know, our culture with the stars and, you know, what we're about. We're really about really enjoying baseball, enjoying each other's company. And, um, you know, just the guys that get it, like I said earlier, I keep going back to that same thing, but that's what it is. And, um, you know, our out-of-town guys, there's times where, like we were saying earlier, where our roster wasn't stacked, where we didn't have 18 guys showing up. You know, we got 11, 12 guys, and, you know, three, four of them are out-of-town guys that saved our, you know, rear end. Um, then. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to, like you said, we're not going to show them the door, even though, it, like you said, maybe a, a hometown kid doesn't get a shot right away, but, you know, this guy has been loyal to us for a few years now and has been good and, you know, fits in. So, um, like you said, it's, it's, it's a tough balance. It's definitely a tough balance, but, um, you know, knock on wood, we've been, we've been lucky these last few years with our, our guys that are not Hortonville guys that, um, you know, they fit right in and things have gone really well. So, Mm -hmm. Well, I think I think there's ways to help make those guys part of the community, you know, too. So if you, I don't know if you, if this is something you, a lot of teams will do, and it's something that I just realized I forgot to schedule for this summer, so I should get it written down somewhere. But we we always do a youth <laughs> clinic in the summer, 
Um, I think because of COVID, I didn't think of it. I should probably at least pencil that in, fellas. Don't let me forget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, so, the, so you know, we do a youth clinic, and, and that's one where in different years we'll talk to our guys who will, you know, we have a couple guys that come from Cottage Grove over here, and we'll talk to them about making sure that they're there for days like that so that people in the community see them interacting with our kids, you know, in RF. And um, I think all of, any any little things like that where you can get those guys out in the community um, helps kind of your public perception. But, again, let's not make it more than it is. It's, this is amateur baseball. We're not trying to run a Northwoods League team. So right. we've gone overboard with that before, too, early on. With <laughs> a period. I did there was one time where we set up uh, one year where we set up a fighting fish will read to kids at the library. And then I couldn't get anybody to do it. And presumably it's because most of them were afraid to read out loud in front of people. So, <laughs> Public so it, yeah. So it ended up being a four week show with just the same guy every time. Um, Joe Banky <laughs> was his name. And cause Joe was a second grade teacher. So Joe, oh, yeah. Joe went, did all the reading. He's like, Hey man, this is, Right in my wheelhouse. I will take care of this with you guys, you know. So anyway, there's a fine line. Well, fellas, we're probably uh, we're probably about to our time here. I'm looking at my watch, and we're probably about 40, 45 minutes in. So I could probably keep talking to you guys for quite a while. Um, yeah. It's just, I'm still staring out my window. I don't know about you guys, but it is – I don't want to go blow that snow. I know that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to go shovel the sidewalk in the drive either. Um, I don't know if you could hear that before, but living in an apartment, my landlord is out here blowing around with the four wheeler. So if there's some <laughs> background noise in this podcast, that's just uh, that's just beak the landlord found with the four wheeler. So. That's great. <laughs> yeah. So I do want to. I got to give one shout out here, and I know yeah. Mike will be on board with me, but we both talked about our uh, our old man. Both of our dads being a big part of our life, but um, we want to give a shout out to our high school coach, Coach Williams, Don Williams. Um, he's a legendary coach in Wisconsin, one of the winningest of all times, and he definitely took our love from baseball for baseball to another level. So, I mean, he was a Hortonville star back in the day, and from what I hear, he was kind of mean on the mound. So, um, <laughs> shout out to Coach Williams. Um, hopefully he gives us a listen. I know he's sitting down on a beach in Florida somewhere right now because he's retired. But yeah, my old man was his first high school win. My brother was his 300, and I was his 400. So, oh wow, a bit of history. Yeah, well that's fantastic. Well, fellas, right thanks on. for coming on the commute. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us. This was very enjoyable. Appreciate it. Yeah. Best of luck to the Hortonville. Portville stars i think we're we're out your way one time this summer um Where are you? i think i just we, just we so we're going all the way out to sheboygan because a couple of our Ooh. guys play college ball out yes. there and then oh. and then on the way back i think i i saw a message from little shoot is that right by you guys oh, is, yeah, that a, is. is that a place yeah. okay so we're playing there on yeah so we're playing there on saturday and then I would love to say, like, the ball player in me wants to tell you guys, hey, maybe we could pick you guys up on Sunday before we went back home, but I'll have to go ask for permission for that because I don't know yeah. if our guys will be still ready to play on a Sunday. That's <laughs> all the way out there. That would all depend on our league schedule and our, how our bye week falls, but absolutely let us know if uh, if you guys are 
you know, around and want to play another game and we don't have a league game that day, absolutely. Yeah, we'll keep it in mind. As long as you guys agree to put plenty of water in the dugout and um, and take it easy on us, I'll see what I can do. I'll talk to the guys. <laughs> water, got it. Water, got it. All right. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Thanks, fellas. And uh, best of luck to the Stars and have a great rest of your night. Thank you, sir. You too. You. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode of the Small Town Commute. If you liked what you heard, do us a favor and share the podcast with fellow ball players. You can send them to our website at baseballcommute.com. I'm always looking for guests and great conversations, so if you've got a suggestion or you just want to call and talk baseball, shoot us a line at baseballcommute at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and thanks for what you do for amateur baseball wherever that might be.